This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. Can you believe that? God, and we still haven't gotten a trailer yet. I know, and the whole world is echoing your sentiments. Everybody wants that trailer. Everybody wants to know when it's going to happen. When's it going to happen? Everyone needs a release, Disney. I know, but... Like I said a couple weeks back, Dave, I have a feeling they're doing this on purpose. They're making us want it. Like, hey, you cheated on me. You talked shit about me behind my back. Now I'm going to make you want this pussy before I give it back. Oh, my God. I'm going to make you. Dude, Kathleen Kennedy knows how to work it. Come on. She's a woman. She knows how to make men want things. I like feeling special, Dave. It's the ultimate ball tease from from Kathleen Kennedy. Speaking of that, can I hit on Kathleen Kennedy? Is she going to be at Star Wars Celebration? (laughs) I'm going to be like, Kathleen Kennedy, I like the way you work it. I like like how you do business. Come here, girl. I just dropped my knees. Oh. (laughs) Hey, listen, if that was my way to the top in the Hollywood business, I'd do it. I don't know know what the big deal is. Why are people complaining? Hashtag hashtag me too. (laughs) I want to do it. language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am your host for today. It is I, Michael Flores, and in the cockpit with me, flying co-pilot in the co-pilot seat, or I like to call my bitch seat. Hello, David. Is that what's sticking in my back? Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that threw you off there. <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, is it a blaster in your pocket? Or is, are you just happy to see me? <laughs> well, would it be wrong if I say a little bit of both? <laughs> All right. Don't judge me. Talking to the listeners, Dave. <laughs> All right. So we have some Star Wars news, of course, right? That's why we do this thing. Yep. And there's a lot of little things. Nothing major. Nothing mind-blowing. It's been relatively quiet when it comes to the mind-blowing aspects of Star Wars, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that everything's hush-hush right now. Yep. The Mandalorian. Shh. Episode 9. Shh. The Rogue One spinoff series. Shh. The Clone Wars returns. They're not ready to release. I want the release, David. I'm telling you, Star Wars Celebration. Everyone, Chicago is going to be filled with the jizz of Star Wars oh. fans everywhere. Is Star Wars Celebration going to have like a wet section? You know, what's it called? <laughs> Do you the, need a towel? Towel? Yeah, this is where you get wet. The first two rows, guys. It's <laughs> Everyone that's going to splooge, you guys stand right here. Right here. 
They're going to be handing out towels at Star Wars Celebration. I'm like, why are you guys handing us towels? And Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy is going to be in the center of all of Oh, them. a Bukaki? <laughs> <laughs> the Bukaki celebration? Now, that's a party I can get behind. Come here, Kathleen Kennedy. I do have a thing for her, so. Maybe she will. Uh, do you think Frank Marshall will allow an open relationship? Well, you never know. I mean, maybe Freddie Marshall. That's how. That's how he. That's did you how call he does. Freddie it. Marshall. Freddie Marshall. Did you just change his name? <laughs> I think I did. Holy crap! That's disrespectful, Dave. Never change a man's name. Talk about his wife and Bukakis, but never, <laughs> never ever, ever change, change a man's name. name. All right. So Marvel is revisiting its classic Star Wars comic book for one issue only. Yep. I like this. I like this. This is actually really cool. This is kind of awesome. I heard about this about a week or so ago, and I've been anxious to talk about it. And uh, apparently they have a one shot in pl- in store for us. Uh, the classic Marvel Star Wars comic book was one of the earliest tentative steps into what would ultimately transform into the original Star Wars expanded universe, a world that fleshed out hand Luke Leia's adventures between and beyond the original films. And according to this article, these days its stories are left to legend with a new canon taking their place. Yes. But not anymore, at least for one issue. Celebrating 80 years of Marvel Comics, the publisher has confirmed that it is releasing Star Wars number 108, a one shot comic that will pick up where the original numbering of the classic Star Wars series left off before it came to an end all those many years ago. As revealed by comicbook.com, Star Wars number 108, written by Matthew Rosenberg, with art from uh, Giuseppe Camoncoli. Come on, my Macaulay? <laughs> uh, Luke Ross. Never change a man's name. That is just man. disrespectful. Uh, Luke Ross, Carrie Gamil, Andrea Brocordo. Never change a woman's name, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And more and covers from Walter Simonson will feature a host of characters that the original series added to the Star Wars canon, including Amiesa Foxtrain, Valance the Hunter, Domina Tag, and yes, Jackson the Bright Green Rabbit Alien. I'm I'm excited for Valance the Hunter. Did you read these? Yeah. Or were you too young? I know no, your brother I, was a comic book nerd forever, so I'm I'm thinking you probably had access. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's where I got it. It's, it's my Star Wars knowledge started with Star Wars Marvel Comics. And I was like, I grew up with these characters, and I'm glad that they're bringing these characters back, especially like Valance the Hunter. Now, is this going to be... Actually, I think is a bigger badass than Boba Fett. <laughs> now, they're digging into the Legends box, but is this going to be canon, or is this just a fun ride into memory lane? From what I understand, this is going to be a continuation. They're bringing these characters back. They're they're celebrating the Marvel side of... of uh, history with when it comes to star wars yes and bringing these characters back right but it's a it's a continuation of a story that has been retconned that's the thing that has me really interested though because it's kind of like okay so it's just this is probably just for fun then i is it gonna be canon you think well the story itself is called uh crimson forever i think it's a it's a continuation of the story arc the Crimson Forever by Archie Goodwin. And uh, it started in Star Wars number 50. It was released all the way back in 1981. 
Uh, and it saw, according to this article, which saw Luke, Leia, Chewie, and Landel deal with a mysterious virus that turned its victims a deadly shade of red. So, oh, here it goes. A few of these characters have since made their way back into the newly imagined Star Wars canon under the reboot brought, uh, brought about by Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm, like Jackson and Amiza. Amaza? Amaza. Amaza, but it's great to see Marvel honor its 80th birthday with a throwback to its very special connection to the galaxy far far away star wars number 108 is set to release on may 29th so there's no word on whether or not this is going to be canon yes not uh, from what i understand That's i have a feeling it's that it's not i want to say it's going to be they have to bring back these characters because i think that that would actually be a really cool thing to do for the fans if they find a way to make this one shot continue the storyline of crimson forever and they managed to make it close-ended, they introduce the idea, and then they end it, then I can see this being canon, especially canon. because this is actually on the Marvel side of things. Typically, what Lucasfilm has been doing with non-canon stories is they're releasing them, releasing them through IDW. Yes. This is an actual Marvel title. That's why That's why I, I, felt, I felt when I first read this that basically... Marvel, since it's on a Marvel side, it has to be canon. It's going to be considered canon. All right, Dave. So this is my commitment then to the listeners. What we're going to do, it's, it'll be a free broadcast. It won't be a part of our Patreon tiers. Let's cover the Crimson Forever storyline. Okay. In preparation for the release of this one shot coming out in May. I think that's fair enough. I mean, it's been years since I've read the original Marvel line. I have read a few here and there. And when I say a few, probably a few dozen. Uh, but I can honestly say that I do not remember this Crimson Forever storyline by Archie Goodwin at all. Well, some some of the star uh, some of the Star Wars storylines back then didn't don't transition well. But Crimson Forever a little is one naive, of those one, a little superficial yeah, at times. Yeah, the the Crimson Forever one, I from what I understand, is actually a well received one. It it was a well received storyline before Marvel decided to cut ties with Star Wars back in nineteen, I think it was eighty one or eighty one when they ceased their Star Wars comics. Mm, no, that doesn't sound right. I think they had the, I think they had the license for a while. It wasn't until the nineties that DC took over. No, yeah, you're right because it was Dark Horse. Uh, because Dark oh, Horse, Dark Horse, I Dark mean, Horse not DC, over. Dark Horse, yeah. Dark Horse took over like in nineteen. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, let's not bog it down. But yeah, all right. So we'll be looking forward to that, right, Dave? Yeah. Okay. So next bit of news here we have is about something very exciting, and it's the new video game coming out, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Now it is published by EA. And I have a lot of hate towards them right now. <laughs> you this, get in line. This from a guy who's not a, an avid gamer. And suddenly I used to, well, first off, I used to always wonder why everyone cries about EA. I'm like, get over yourself. It's a video game. But then after my experience with the last two <laughs> Battlefront releases, I now suddenly understand the hatred towards EA. And yes, my hopes are fucking high, Dave. This is Star Wars. Please tell me not to keep my expectations in check. I don't want people telling me that. This is fucking Star Wars. Expectations is a part of the fucking fandom. Yes. So my expectations for this game are very high. 
and I'm hoping for some of the best video game experience when it comes to Star Wars I have ever had. We're in an era where video game stories are robust, they are dynamic, they are complex, multi-layered, so give us that. Give us that. So I'm hoping Fallen Order will in fact be that. I know Star Wars Celebration will be releasing the first bits of footage and real details yes. pertaining to the story in April. I believe Saturday there will be a panel during Star, Star Wars Celebration, and I'm sure we'll have tons of information to share after that. And the thing that has me really psyched, too, is the fact that they had uh, Chris uh, Avalone who does uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2. He was the writer for Knights of the, Ro- Ro- uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 and also Fallout New Vegas. And as a gamer, just those two titles on itself, the story that he was able to write for both of those games were amazing. So I'm really psyched to actually see what he's able to do now since he's back in Star Wars but now he's dealing not with like the old Republic era. He's dealing with the new Republic era with the fallen yeah. order. Interesting. The now, only question I had about fallen order though, we mean you have discussed about this. Is this going to be Canaan? It, are we going to see Caleb doom? It kind of has to be. If you're dealing, if you're dealing with a video game that, details the story of the last padawan is what they're saying yeah the surviving padawan and kanan has been branded as the last padawan in various comics books star wars rebels then it only makes sense it'd feel a little weird if they choose to go another direction especially why not use an established character from a critically appraised tv show like star wars rebels and not just critically appraised but Fan praised as well. Fans loved the character of Kane and Jarrus. That's why. That's why I was like trying to. <clears throat> when they first discussed about the story, and they mentioned that, oh, there's going to be a story centered around one of the the last remaining Padawans. I'm like going automatically. I thought it has to be a game centered around Kanan. I'm hoping. I am hoping. Now that panel we were talking about at Star Wars Celebration is set for April 11th, and it will be a electronic arts led panel oh god uh, do they have like <laughs> troll armor on like, because i hope they're prepared oh Th- there's gonna be, be there's gonna be some fans in there that are probably gonna be kicked out oh yeah because oh, you like, fucked up battlefront you fuckers oh not, not only that and listen i, I would be that guy <laughs> not, not only that ea ea's reputation when it comes to their presentations the last couple times has not been good they blew it at E3 now, and I think they didn't do too well at the last video game convention when they had to do a panel uh, presenting some of their future games. And they're honestly, the way they first introduced Star Wars Fallen Jedi was a shit fest. Like you introduce it by just showing the guy in the audience. Oh, here's the lead uh, producer of our next Star Wars game at Star Wars Fallen Order. Okay, that's it. No, no more about him. <laughs> See you like later. Going, See you later. And I, I was like, going, that has to be the most terrible way of presenting a video game. Yeah, I think the EA reps are going to need security. Uh, they're going to need some body armor, maybe a helmet. 
if they screw up at Star Wars Celebration, I want Kathleen Kennedy to come out of the ba- uh, background and say, you're fired. <laughs> if any of those EA guys are wearing helmets, I'm like, take off that ridiculous mask. <laughs> All right. So what to expect from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Uh, it is developed by Respawn. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will end up as the fourth or fifth game from Respawn Entertainment. Previously, the studio launched shooters Titanfall in 2014, Titanfall 2 in 2016. At this point, the company is almost certainly best known for the recently released Battle Royale shooter Apex Legends, which is a big hit right now. Yes, it is. It has more than 25 million registered players on PC and consoles. Uh, Respawn also has a virtual reality game in the works that is heading to the Oculus Store. But while Respawn got started in 2010, much of his leadership came from Infinity War development team that created the Call of Duty series. So they have quite the resume. The fact that Respawn is the ones developing it and EA is just simply the publisher, I think should let a lot of people be at ease. It should let a lot. It should. Yes, it should alleviate some of our stress. Yes. Knowing that a very capable developing company is the ones behind the making of this game. Yeah, the only scary thing is basically, as everyone has alluded to, is the connection to EA. If EA is just going to be standing in the background saying, hi, yeah, they, they're under our banner, much like how they what they did with Apex Legends, then I think everything should be fine. Jedi Fallen Order, once we actually get more details on it, I think will alleviate a lot of the bad, bad, uh, uh, sentiment that basically was left after Battlefront. Yeah. Now, interesting, Dave. Development started before the Electronic Arts acquisition. Yes. Respawn first started working on Jedi Fallen Order in 2014, Dave, which would make perfect sense if they do, in fact, use Kanan because Kanan also came about in 2014 with the book that launched the new Canon series, the Canon books. I should say the book that started the new era of canon compliant books, which was yes. A New Dawn, was all about canon. And that was also being worked on before Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm. Yeah. So it would make a lot of sense if they started working on this story and this game during that time. And it also makes a lot of sense why possibly Amy Henning. I know that that was a big thing that basically a lot of gamers were like going, Oh, they fired Amy Henning. How dare they? She was going to bring up, bring back a great star Wars story. If they already had something in place and miss Henning's storyline didn't fit that fit what they were looking for. It's probably, that's probably the reason why she was let go in the first place because she didn't want to, maybe they, they gave her this uh, template said, we want you to write, a story about Kanan Jarrus. Meanwhile, Amy Henning's like, well, wait a minute. I had an original story already planned out. I don't have room for this character. And that's probably why they actually separated. And that's what people now are speculating is like, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a mess when EA let go of Amy Henning, but it probably was understandable if they've been working on this for this long and they, wanted to go in a different direction narratively than Miss Henning. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a cluster, but there's still, there's a lot of kinks. There's a lot of moving parts going on right now. Yeah, and, the, and those kinks need to be worked out, I'm sure, from the video game side of things. But the good news is, is that according, again, to this report here, because 
this project started before EA's acquisition that electronic electronic arts couldn't dictate terms to respawn. Exactly, yes. And it's likely that respawn would have demanded some autonomy in how it went about making Jedi Fallen Order. Interesting. So that should boost everyone's confidence, right? Hopefully, yes. And for me, it does. Yeah, for me too as well, most definitely. Because, I'm sorry, the less that EA has their hands in this, the better. Because they would would turn into, you know, an in-app purchase game. (laughs) Hey guys, if you want to get to the next level, you got to spend $50. You want to know more about the narrative? Here you go, $20. $20 if you guys want the next chapter. But I only played for 10 minutes. That's all you get for free. For free? (laughs) I spent $80 on the game. Well, oh well, uh, $20 more. I hate them. I try to be. I'm business. I'm. I have a soft spot for business. Like I'm not one of those people that are that are against My making dude. money. I, making money is what keeps this world going around and around. So I'm not against companies trying to make a fucking profit. But there's a difference between Disney trying to make a profit. Perfect example. This company is in business to make money. Yes. EA is in business to make money and steal more from you. It, yes. There's a difference. Yeah, there, it's, there's a it's, difference. It's, it's greed. It is straight up greed how they do business, and I don't, I don't want to support a company like that anymore. Yeah, that that's I'm in total agreement with you. Is like that's the difference that I've always seen in EA. There's a difference between a capitalist that is using the system and using the system to their advantage. Fine, but then there's like those companies that use the system and abuse the shit out of it. And that's what EA does. EA abuses the crap out of it. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on. Let's get into some happy thoughts here. Let's talk about the next big thing of Star Wars. The next big Star Wars thing that will be happening before any movies, any TV shows. And that is the rise of the Resistance ride. Oh, God. At Disney theme parks. Yeah, Dave. Yep, Entertainment Weekly has just posted an article pertaining to a new ride. And it goes like this. One minute you're taking selfies with Blue Squadron with the with a Blue Squadron X-wing, the next you're getting swept up in a galactic space battle. That's how it goes in Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars Land opening at Disneyland, Disneyland this summer and Walt Disney World in the fall. We are so close, dude. I, I'm very close, Dave. Very close. You're going to need a a jacket for the splash zone. <laughs> On the Rise of Resistance ride, you'll be joined by Daisy Ridley, uh, John Boyega, Oscar Isaacs, and Autumn, Autumn, Oscar Isaac, and Adam Driver, who have created footage to give Ray, Finn, Poe Dameron, and Kylo Ren a presence in the attraction. As part of EW's tour of the Disney theme park attractions, we're taking you, we're taking you on the tour we received. Of this as yet. This is a terribly written article. Who wrote this? An idiot. An idiot wrote it. (laughs) Now, there's a bunch of new things happening. Obviously, you're going to have these games or these rides that are very interactive, very immersive. There has been uh, now things dropped on us about toys, Dave. There are now exclusive, exclusive Star Wars toys, not Target exclusives not Walmart exclusives. No, Disneyland exclusives that you will only be able to purchase at the Disneyland theme park. That's it. I guarantee you, Mike, 
as soon as they open those rides, they will sell out. You think they're going to be stores. gone? They will be gone. No, they got to have an entire section. And uh, Dave, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they have an entire section. You will have people going into Disneyland buying four, five, ten of oh, those, I'm gonna, I'm of those toys. To, David, I'm going to battle people. I'm like, you will not take that from me. <laughs> you will not take that from me. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw a child out of the way. I will. You will not take that from me. <laughs> and then, but like, seriously. And if Maggie doesn't support me, I'm going to be like, <laughs> you have betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, people will buy multiples of these toys and they will sell out. I guarantee, I guarantee it. Like, but David, I want point. more. <laughs> I want more. I, I'm going to live my whole life just requ- just quoting Star Wars, Dave. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm telling you, when I go to Galaxy's Edge, that's all, you're not going to be able to see the real Michael. <laughs> I will not be. You're like, is that Michael Flores? Like, nope, nope. That's, that's Star Wars Mike. That's Star Wars Mike in I'm, the robe and attacking yeah, people I'll, randomly. I will have no personality. <laughs> I will just be different parts of the Star Wars movies. That's it. Oh, no, not just the movies, too. You got to remember, they've actually stated that pieces of Rebels and Resistance are going to be in here. So you're going to they've already shown like the scenario uh, going to be there. Oh, I don't want to like, what's up? <laughs> Give me those green lips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many so many things so many things yeah there's also going to be they're going to be serving up blue milk and green milk yep yeah i don't know if that sounds very appetizing <laughs> and not, not only that did you read what they taste like what no the blue milk is going to taste like tropical punch which i'm like, like milk does not taste like tropical punch Ugh. And then the the green milk that doesn't sound very appetizing. The, the green milk's gonna taste like uh, it says here, tropical berry and coconut. Coconut, yeah. maybe, maybe. Why not just make it taste like milk? Like, <laughs> guys, there's a thought. Here's a thought, guys. How about like milk? <laughs> milk. Give like, me milk. Maybe like a milkshake flavor. If anything, like nope. a peppermint, the green should be like a peppermint milkshake. Now we're going to go tropical. Ugh. Nope. Because we are they like, going to be serving us from a nipple? Oh, like, well, come here, Berta. We need some milk from your tip. <laughs> what will you do if they actually have those creatures in the background in the stand? No, I don't and want they to... walk up and they start milking it in front of everyone. No, I want them hiring little Mexican ladies, you know, <laughs> like instead of giving them janitorial work, janitorial work, make them serve up some. You know, I'm sure. Listen, I have plenty of Mexican family. They, those women lactate because they have fifty thousand kids. <laughs> I have fifty thousand cousins. Dave, just bring old, bring old Berta Alma up to the stand there and just start milking them. <laughs> Give me that green milk. Why? Why is it coming green out of her? Ew! <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge people, David. Don't be in, insensitive to people of color. <laughs> people of color. Don't be insensitive to milk of color. Okay. The exclusive toy that will be available at the Disney park is a six inch black series first order four pack. Yep. That's there's other ones, but that's the one that has been released from, I want to say Hasbro. Yeah, actually Hasbro.com actually released it. They posted yes. a listing for an unannounced star Wars resistance and galaxy's edge Disney park exclusive, exclusive. featuring a six inch black series First order, four pack. It includes Kylo Ren and a Mountain Trooper 
And then with the resistance, it'll be Commander Pike. No, they're all together, Dave. Yes. It's a First Order 4-pack. It includes Kylo Ren, the Mountain Trooper, Commander Pyre, and an MSE droid. Yep. They they actually showed pictures of so this. Th- is this going to be the first resistance-eccentric black series we get? Of Commander Pyre. That's pretty not, cool. <laughs> not your main character. Not Kazuda. Well, who wants Pyre? That <laughs> and let's, let's just to be clear, uh, people that might have given up on Star Wars Resistance and listened to our discussions when we like were trying to like it, but it just wasn't good. Give it a chance again, because when they came back from winter break, the show improved 100 percent. Oh, more than 200 percent. That's why I we mean, it got really, really good. It's actually interesting and it's relevant to the Star Wars picture. It isn't inconsequential like I thought it was going to end up being when we if you base it solely on the opening 10 episodes, get through those 10 episodes and then you will thank me and thank yourself for giving it another shot because it did improve. It turned into a Cold War story. Halfway. It's, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. All right, Dave, let's take a really quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to jump into some more Star Wars news. We'll be right back. We're back to tank is coming right up. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Adam Single saw the woman walking her dog Monday afternoon and yelled at her, thinking she was a killer clown. When the woman didn't stop walking, Tingle fired a shot from his rifle, which missed, thankfully. He had time and a location to grab his rifle. He's in Kentucky. He's probably hanging in the back of his truck. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I apologize for killing this woman. But you know, I killed her. (laughs) I killed her. But you know, nowadays, it's so confusing. All these bitches just wear too much makeup. Yes, they do. I was telling Jethro the other day, I'm like, remember when bitches didn't wear makeup? You could wake up the next morning from a club night and say, hey, Bertha looks the same as she did last night. It's insane. It's insane. Now, when I wake up from a club night, their faces are on the pillow next to me. I complimented my mama with her lipstick. Uh, you know? I mean, back when I used to have sex with my mother, I mean, she wore the right amount, the right ratio of makeup. I told my mama it definitely brings out your dick sucking lips. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30. Because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. That's all right. Yeah. 
That's all right. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Star Wars From the Back to Tank. If you miss any part of this broadcast, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Just search Star Wars From the Back to Tank. Give us reviews. Give us thumbs up. Share our show. Like it. It help us. It helps us get seen on social media. Whenever you see our tweets pop up, retweet it. Give us a like. I mean, if you can't pledge to our Patreon page, that's another great way to help us out. The more likes, the more retweets we get, uh, either on Facebook or Twitter, it helps us get seen by more eyes. It helps us become more relevant in the in the feeds. Do your part. Otherwise, I'm going to squeeze you all with... I'm going to squeeze red milk out of my nipple. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Red, red milk. Red milk. It's a new one. Yeah. It's a new way to get your red wings, boys. all right so a little bit more news on toys i wanted to switch gears but we also jumped the gun a little too early on the break there's also been some breaking news from the toy fair that had just just wrapped up about two weeks ago and it has to do with new hasbro star wars reveals a whole plethora of new star wars toys coming out i don't care that i'm pushing 40 I will buy every single one if I have to, Dave. Same here. There is a lot of cool toys coming out. Uh, you have the list of them. Go through them yeah. briefly, Dave. All right. So uh, back in Toy Fair 2019, uh, Hasbro continued to be the highlight of the Toy Fair, thanks to no small part of their commitment to expanding the way we play, collect, and interact with the Star Wars universe. Uh, the first part is from their vintage collection, which is a totally redesigned Tatooine skiff. And they they showed off uh, the skiff along with Jabba's barge. Yeah, it looks cool. Oh, my God, dude. This thing is awesome. And this is going to be a Walmart exclusive. Yes, it will be a Walmart exclusive. And uh, basically, the set will include the figures of Han Solo, Han Solo and Carbonite, and a guard. The reason why Jabba's not actually included into it is because if you, the year before, from what I understand... They they sold the Jabba on his uh, little bed. Uh, Is it really can, Black Series? Can it really be called a little bed, Dave? That's well, a little bed for Jabba. <laughs> but the, uh, that's supposed to go along inside the skiff. That's how large this thing is. Jabba's barge is gigantic. All right. And what else do we have on the docket we there? We have also from the retro collection... Uh, fans who lived through the original era of Kenner action figures will likely be nostalgic for the next series, as will viewers of Netflix toys that made us. The retro collection is a line of six action figures inspired by the original look of the Kenner action figures. Fans can pick up three uh, three point seven five inch figures of Luke, Han, Leia, Chewbacca, Darth Vader and a stormtrooper. Uh, the individual figures will be exclusive for Target for $9.99 uh, $9. each. Interesting. That one's actually interesting because if you're big into the retro uh, uh, Star Wars figures, the one cool thing is they are also going to be releasing Escape from the Death Star reproduction of the old board game Yep, that comes with a Moff Tarkin figure. Awesome. Which Tarkin's never been released in, in the Kenner universe. They're getting They're getting clever with these releases, Dave. Oh, yeah. They're getting clever. I like that. A, a board game with an action figure that has never been released via the Kenner line. 
That's pretty cool, Dave. There's also some Black Series news as well. Oh, we're, dude, we're getting big Black Series news. How many? Big Black. Big Black. Big Black. Big Black Dick <laughs> Series. But like one of the biggest uh, announcements from the Black Series was uh, about the hyper real Darth Vader. Yeah, that's going for like eighty bucks. And I see. I don't. I don't like mix and match. So if I were to get this, it would be solely. See, I don't know. I'm more dr- like I'm getting the the what are the eight inch black series? Is that what they are? Yes. Like I just rather stick to that. Well, that's the thing. The hyper real Darth Vader is supposed to mix with. The oh, eight is inches. it? Oh, it looks it's giant just, in this image. It's just basically really detailed. I mean, that's beyond intense. detailed. I mean, eighty bucks though. I mean, I guess the uh, Infus Nest Black Series is I think seventy. Yes. So I guess, all right, that's not overly priced. I get it's it. It's not overly priced. Okay. And the thing that has me really excited is the spring releases for the Black Series, you have Han Solo, Padme, Haldo, Dryden Voss, who is actually really awesome that they threw him in there, Mace Windu, and a Battle Droid. But then, and I believe it's, yeah, it says here, in the summer wave, fans finally get what they wanted because we will get Ezra, Chopper, a Phantom Menace, Obi-Wan, and a Darth Maul. Nice. And I'm like going, Ezra and Chopper are basically what everyone's been asking for. Because now we can, uh, we're getting closer and closer to completing the Rebels crew. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty exciting, Dave. I'm not going to lie. I'm really digging Black Series. It took me a while to get into the Black Series game. I kept going for the 3.75. You know, that's kind of what I was going you, for. As, as funny as it sounds, when you go Black... You can't go back. It's hard to. It's very hard to because it's so satisfying. It fills you up really good. It just, you know. All right. That's enough. That's enough of that. All right. So Star Wars, why Mark Hamill vowed I'm not going to talk about the movies anymore. He's tired, Dave, of people taking his words and twisting them. But how how can you really twist words? <laughs> Let's be honest. Mark Hamill had some problems with Last Jedi. But now he's trying to backpedal and say, well, people are twisting my words and using it to fuel their own agenda. That's true. They're using his words to fuel (laughs) their agenda, whether it be anti-woman or anti-black, whatever it may be. Yes, it's happening. But, Mark, you did say those words. (laughs) It's not an unknown language. It isn't an ancient dialect that nobody uses. It isn't fucking Latin. It's English. It's English. There's context. Because we watch videos. There's, I mean, you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, maybe people run away with his words and make headlines. Yes, yes that is yes, very, I very fucking true. Yeah. But he's, he's jumping on board the smart social media bandwagon. This is what you should do. He's not going to be talking about certain things anymore because he realizes that his words are being misconstrued. But I would, I'm going to fix that, misconstrued via headlines yes. to get clickbait. Because when you read the article, I'm like, okay, that's what he said. And then people are interpreting it possibly a little different than he had intended. And Mark Hamill says after making his name, or I'm sorry, um, Mark Hamill says, according to Den of Geek, the thing is, Luke changed so much between the first trilogy and the last trilogy. I got myself into trouble by stating those opinions. I made a vow. I said that I'm not going to talk about the movies anymore because I think it's important for the audience to see them. That's fair. In fact, that's what they, I think all actors and directors and writers should do with their products. Talk about your movie. 
say what it is, promote it, move on. Don't get overly involved in conversation about it. Don't argue with people. That's just not the way you do business. Don't interact with the trolls. Yes. And he says, my problem was I wasn't dealing with social media back in the day where you say something and it goes around the world in 24 hours. (laughs) If I were to answer your questions on paper, I'd think, oh, that sounds a little strong or I shouldn't say this, but I have a tendency just to talk and talk and talk and you can cherry pick. You know, I'll be reading something and say, what moron said this? <laughs> and then realize, oh, it's me. They can take selective comments you've made out of context and use it to support their argument. That's fair. But once you actually watch the video or audio of what he said or read the tweet and take into context. take into account the context of the social media thread, then you understand what he's trying to say. Unfortunately, people do what they've done to us, Dave, and they have taken certain words and discussions and turned us into misogynistic anti whatever people because they're like, oh, look what they said. And they took three or four words of what we said without the context of the discussion. Yes. So I understand that you do have to be a bit careful, but they are his words though at the same time. <laughs> they are his words. So like at least own up to it. Say, yes, I did kind of say that, but in actuality, this is what I meant. Then you can clarify yeah. those words. Or he can do what he decided and just decide not to speak ever. <laughs> speak on social media about certain things, which is smart because it, just because you have the microphone, just because you have a voice, do you really need to share that thought continually? Imagine if we just sat there sharing every thought we had, we would have no friends. Well, dude, I feel really sorry for people like some of the older actors and older filmmakers out there that when they jump into social media, it, they do not know what the hell they're doing. They like, I don't, it's probably a generational thing. Actually, correction. It is a generational thing because when you see older filmmakers and uh, and actors on social media, they are very, very, you know, like that one coach for the football team that tweeted out a link to a porn site. Yeah. He's all, oh, shit. Shit. Someone hacked my account. Right, bro. Right, bro. (laughs) You accidentally was looking at porno, then copy and pasted the link and then put it into your tweet when you were trying to tweet. Because like Good job. <laughs> social media social media nowadays is just so different from what it was back in the back then. I mean you had control over it. Now you don't. No one has control over their own words. Well, it's, because back in the day what would happen is you would have press junkets where actors sit down in a non casual setting They're there for one thing. They're there to talk about the movie, the process, their performance, promotion, yada, yada, yada. But now what social media has done is it's it's given everybody a voice at any time they want. Exactly. And because of that, you have a lot of people getting in trouble, air quotes here, because like, shit, I mean, this was not meant to be taken seriously. (laughs) You know, Mark Hamill sharing his thoughts and opinions is no different than if you went to dinner or lunch with him. And he said, yeah, you know what? I really enjoyed Last Jedi. I really liked what Ryan Johnson did with it. But there was just one part that I didn't really I wasn't too keen on. And it sounds different when you're talking to each other because you don't you can't misconstrue that as saying, oh, Mark Hamill hated Last Jedi. Exactly. But in Twitter, if you write that, it's magnified. And and the context is a little more murky. It's not as clear because an vocal discussion is very different than something written. Yeah. And I think a lot of actors are learning this the hard way, not just actors, directors, 
writers, people within the entertainment business and other businesses, high profile business is, is realizing that you got to be, it's no different than walking down the street. You're not going to blurt out thoughts. And that's what people are doing in social media. They're essentially walking down the street and blurting out thoughts. And that's why, dude, you're seeing a lot of more people actually hiring, uh, hiring people to be their social media person and actually control the social media because they don't understand it and they don't want complete access. They still want to maintain that control on the information that they let out. And I'm seeing like a big uh, spike in like job frequencies on social media where like, Hey, I want to hire you to be my social media person. You be my P essentially what they're doing is hiring a PR person. Right. Yeah. That's goes hand in hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got one more thing on Mark Hamill that I thought was really nice. And I, it just shows you the creative process and the collaborative, the collaborative effort of filmmaking. There was a scene, I, and I love that we're learning things still. A year, over a year has passed since The Last Jedi premiered, and we're still learning little bits of things. And it just makes me happy knowing that there's very few movies, Dave, like Star Wars, where years later, there are still little bits of detail or information that can still come out and it kind of changes the way you look at a scene or the way you look at the movie. I mean, there's still things to this day. We find out about George Lucas, like uh, what was it? Uh, his original idea for the force and the, the, the guardians of the wills. wills. Yeah. I mean, there's things like that 30 years later that we're still learning about. And in a recent article from an interview, star Wars, the last Jedi. No, I'm sorry. It's from a tweet. From a tweet, Star Wars The Last Jedi's most heartwarming moment was actually unscripted. According to Mark Hamill, he tweeted out in reply to a fan of The Last Jedi and a fan of his. And he says, thank you for that beautiful scene between you and Princess Leia. He replies, it emotionally charged day on set filming this because knowing he was about to sacrifice his life for the greater good, Luke was saying goodbye forever the kiss was unscripted and spontaneous in the moment summarizing his slash my feelings in a way words can never have conveyed i first off who would have thought mark hamill was such a romantic i love that i i've never not i've followed mark hamill's career forever i even watched that shitty live action anime guyver oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Mark Hamill. I, I don't think he's ever gotten the credit he deserves. And yes, he wasn't the greatest actor when New Hope came out because he was brand new. But he's gotten so good and he is definitely a very capable director. And he's such a romantic and an artist. And there's various times he's said similar things like this, like the moment when Chewie busts into his house. On that island, I forgot the name of the island, when 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 Luke found out that Han Solo had died. And what did he say? That in that scene, he started crying. He naturally started crying when he found out Han Solo had died. He started crying. Unfortunately, that scene was cut for some reason. They didn't go with it. Maybe Ryan Johnson had felt that it would derail uh, an emotional direction he was trying to take. The, the movie, maybe it would have taken away from a, a later scene. Who knows Who why knows? directors and studios make certain cuts. But I felt like that was such a shame. And I felt like us as fans were robbed from that scene. 
especially when you're dealing with an emotional reaction to finding out that your best friend and comrade has died, has died. And we never saw that, but that's, I, I digress here. But the fact that Mark Hamill is so invested in this character, so invested in the world and the story of star Wars that he just broke down and cried naturally. Yeah. And then you have a scene like this that he just takes and run, runs with it. This guy is such a good actor now. These, these are the, the traits of good actors. Yeah, because he knows the subtleties that you have to do to really make a performance stick. And this is why you hire certain actors like this. Directors that stick to their script exclusively and never allow things to organically evolve sometimes are some of the worst directors. Yes. The best directors are the ones that allow the actors to perform. That is why you hire actors. Yeah. You don't hire actors to be to be readers of a script, to memorize. Hey, I want you to memorize this and that's it. Never do anything else. You're not going to get your best performances. And there are some directors, some great ones that are sticklers. And I feel like their movies suffer sometimes from emotional relevance. Sometimes it's void of an emotional connection they're trying to make. But when you have directors that are willing to stick to their story, yes, you have to stick to the script. But that doesn't mean there isn't room for ad-libbing from time to time yeah, or a spontaneous decision. Because you got to remember, as a director, you're, you're an audience member. You're watching the scene unfold. You're, you are essentially now the viewer. The viewer. You're not in that scene. You are not the actor who is feeling those emotions. And sometimes you don't understand what the scene actually is doing naturally until you watch it, until you watch the dailies. Yeah. I've directed various things throughout my life. There were various actors that I've worked with, one in specific, one specifically that stuck to the script, but he would do things sometimes that would, that would go against what I wrote on the script. I would never yell cut. I would never get mad at him because sometimes as an actor, they may have the better choice because they're in the scene. So I let them do it how they want it. And then we roll again how I envisioned it. And you know what, Dave? Nine times out of 10 in editing, I go with their scene because there's something they saw at that moment. Yeah, because at the end of the day, filmmaking is a collaborative effort and actors Actors may know what is missing in a scene to give your script or your words that emotional impact. To to you as a director, yeah, it's your story. However, someone has to put that story into action, and that's the actor's job. And that's why getting to see this, I mean – I thought it was a brilliant. It, it's it was a great moment. It was, it was one a of the, great it was moment. One of the best moments in the Last Jedi. In the Last Jedi is where Luke says goodbye to to Leia and gives her that little kiss on the forehead to tell her, you know, like it's never the end, you know. But this is my time to say goodbye. That's a powerful scene. That's like, you know, little nuances like that make the scene special and iconic. Yeah, it's a great moment, and it just makes it that much better knowing the passion that was involved in that scene. And I'm happy that even though Ryan Johnson is one of those directors that's very, um, he's a bit of a stickler about what's on his script and what's done with it. Yes. But I'm glad that he didn't cut that scene, that in editing him and whoever has final cut, which I doubt it was him, the studio 
when they're viewing the edit, they're like, you know what? That's a, let's keep that. That's good. That's good. So that's a good, and that's, that's another part of the director's job. The directing doesn't stop when you're offset. It also happens. You're still working as a director in the editing bay and in, and sometimes you can go with bad editing choices and a good director will choose the right scenes for that moment. And he did in fact, choose the right scene. Yes. And that's my, my uh, positive words I'll say about Ryan Johnson for 2019. Don't ask me to do it again. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Check. Check that one off. Check that one off. <laughs> Let's move it over to 2020. That's the next time I'll do that. <laughs> no, but I did go back and watch Less Jedi recently, and I know this is old news. There are things that annoy me in that movie, but just like our review said, that when we did our original review, we covered everything that we liked about it. There's a lot to like about the movie. There's also some very, uh, it's not my movie, so I don't judge a movie based on what I wanted. But there were some questionable decisions that were made within the script, the writing choices. The writing choices. That kind of distracted and derailed the immediate story. But overall, there's moments that are just so beautiful, like that scene between Leia and Luke. Leia and Luke, yeah. All the scenes between Leia and Luke throughout Last Jedi were honestly very very emotional and it felt good it felt right and it was like almost like a build-up to the very end and getting an actual out uh kind of like a behind the scenes look in this particular scene the final scene between luke and leia it's really special and i'm glad that basically like mark hamill is the type of actor that i would say i'm gonna hand the reins over to him and let him go with it just go with yeah, it. Yeah, this isn't 2000 and or this isn't 1977. This is 2019 Mark Hamill. The guy's a weathered veteran. He knows. Let the guy what work. to do. Yeah. And I'm actually looking forward to episode nine even more because I just I have appreciated Mark. Hamill. I didn't think I can appreciate him more. And over the last two or three years, I just appreciate him that much more. He's a treasure for Star Wars fans. Absolutely. It'll yeah. be a sad day when we finally move past him. All right, so this concludes this week's show. I want to thank everybody for listening to us each and every week. Drone on and on. David, thank you. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. (laughs) 